The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, mental fatigue, physical fatigue, emotional fatigue, like it's a difficult thing to live with. So for us to say, highlight the benefits, some people are probably thinking, lads, would you just shut up? Like, just stop. But that's easier to say. It's easy to be negative. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Insulone Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are delighted to be here as always. And I feel as if, Graham, I haven't seen you for a while. What's happening? Yeah, the 1% of Graham fans on this podcast, when they heard we, were like, ah, he's back. <laughs> yeah. He's bad. That's probably my mother. <laughs> the only. In fairness, He's my parents, back. my parents like you on the podcast too. Yes, yes, I like to so, hear that. So. I am. Um, I'm looking at the episodes. I'm trying to see when my last time I was on. Oh, it was like a few weeks ago. It seems like it was, it was longer than just three weeks ago. What was the last episode that we did? Because I remember I did a solo episode as well for like the first time ever in like 160 episodes. So I'll tell you what it was. We recorded it, the one where you were having the melting hypo in the gym. But I think we recorded that maybe the week before we released it. So that's why it feels like uh, we haven't been been talking in a while. But I want to do a little shout out like I like to when I miss a few weeks. But I'm glad to miss a few weeks because you get to hear a different perspective of uh, diabetes and their life. Mm. And last week with Kimberly was such a good episode. And it's one of those episodes that when you hear people who it just clicks straight away. I thought it was fascinating. Seven months diagnosed and she sounds like she's been diagnosed for seven, 70 years. Mm. Uh, she's an amazing person. What an attitude. And one of those episodes and I'm sitting down just going through it, editing it. Time flies when I was listening to it because I just felt it was just so good and her attitude was infectious. Her attitude for life was infectious, never mind her attitude for uh, diabetes. So I couldn't imagine how good it was for diabetics to hear her point of view about being diagnosed and how it isn't a negative. Let's make it a positive if we can. I understand it's 
not always easy to, but she is definitely seeing the glass half full rather than half empty. So fair play, Kimberly. 100%. And I think I, sa- I even said that multiple times in the episode itself, just how I was shocked at how well she managed it. And not even just like physically, just the mental side of it too, where I feel it almost takes like years to kind of develop that sort of attitude towards it. But the fact that she, even the fact that she was on the podcast and spoke the way that she spoke about it, about the physical, about the mental, about the emotional, like you said, it was if she was, diabetic for 20 plus years it was crazy what crazy in such a fantastic way mm. i found her relationship with her diabetes and the way it differed to her brother's relationship with his diabetes fascinating as well mm. and how two people can grow up together come from the same parents grow up in the same house but have a completely different attitude towards something and i wonder I'm sure it it depends on different personalities. And she said herself, they have different personalities, but does it depend on when one person was diagnosed versus how the other person was diagnosed? And I know that's an ongoing conversation that you have with people. And even people who talk to me about the podcast can ask me questions. And uh, I know one of my friends knows a diabetic and they were just talking about, or their child is a diabetic. And they were like, what do you think, Graham? I know you do the podcast. Is it easier to be diagnosed when you're a child and you grow up not knowing any different? Or is it better to have lived your life and then you can deal with it as an adult? I don't think there's a definite answer to that. No. Do you know what I even, I'm kind of just thinking about it more now. It's like, well, I think about it all the time. (laughs) But I really noticed it with Kimberly's episode where like I've kind of always had this debate, like you've just outlined of, is how you live with your diabetes dictated by when you were diagnosed or for a lot of it and yes it can be you know some people say that i'm i'm happy that i was diagnosed as a child other people say i'm happy that i was di- well you're not gonna be happy but i was happy that i was diagnosed later in life but from my experience from working with like hundreds of people living with type 1 diabetes at this stage throughout the program speaking to probably thousands of people living with diabetes over the years the thing that really changes how you live with it is literally your attitude with it or your attitude around it and it's again like from my experience i don't want to generalize but from my experience people have a harder time living with diabetes if they ignore it or if they pretend like they don't have it or if they Don't embrace it as much as they should. I'm not saying you need to embrace it in a positive way. It's a very difficult thing to do. But diabetes has a very very unique way of coming back to bite you in the ass if you pretend like it doesn't exist. And I know we we actually released Martin's Hot Seat, who was obviously Mm -hmm. a member of our Type 1% program. He spoke a lot about this in the private podcast that we have inside our program. But an hour ago, I got off one of our group calls inside the program, another hot seat that we did, where basically a hot seat is like an inside look into a member currently in our type 1% program, what they've achieved, how they've done it. We do it live over Zoom with everybody else in the program so that we can learn from each other 
essentially, like what works so well for them, how you could benefit from it too, potentially. And the hot seat that we just did today was with a member of a program who I've been working with for over a year now, Keith, absolute legend, right? Legend, right? <laughs> he, was, he was diagnosed just before 21, the age of 21. And one of the first points that he highlighted in the hot seat that we did today was the change in attitude that he has or had. And he said for a number of years, he was in that kind of denial phase of like, obviously finding it difficult to adjust or pretending that like, he doesn't really have this thing or that he doesn't need to give it the attention that it deserves to a certain extent. But he said, once he did accept it and he did embrace it and he did like really take it on board, that's when he was able to benefit from it. Because when he was able to take a step back and look at the reality of living with the condition, it's not going to change. He still has it. But the attitude that you have towards your diabetes completely dictates how you live with it. That, in my opinion, is just a fact. I know, I know facts aren't opinion-based, but <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> Basically, that's a long-winded way of saying, for me and from my experience of probably speaking to more diabetics than most people living with diabetes will, based off what I do, the people that live with it in the most positive ways are the people that embrace it the most. That's, that's the way I look at it. That's the way I see it. So yeah, last week's episode. If you haven't listened to it, please do. Kimberly is an amazing person, amazing woman. And she was on the podcast because she reached out to the podcast. Mm. She is a listener to the Insulone Podcast and she sent an email to theinsulonepodcast at gmail.com. Now, don't worry. If you send an email, it doesn't mean we're going to try and get you on. You mightn't be <laughs> yeah. uh, too up for coming on. But we had a sense from Kimberly's email that you'd be a fantastic guest. Maybe you just want to share a story that we can get to later on on the podcast. Uh, please do not be shy. The Podcast at gmail.com. But Owen, this week's episode, eight things you wish you were told when you were first diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. This is going to be a good one. Mm, so I hope so. I hope so. Go for it. Let's just get stuck in straight away. So basically, I wanted to do this episode because I had actually recently put up a post on Instagram outlining these eight things that I wish I was told when I was first diagnosed. And there was a huge response from it. A lot of people shared it. A lot of people resonated with it. So I thought, why not do a longer form piece yeah. of content around it, i.e. the podcast, in a bit more detail specifically about these eight things I wish I was told. Now, <clears throat> my voice keeps cracking, so expect plenty more <laughs> throughout these, throughout the rest of this episode. And I feel as if my voice cracking had kind of like stopped for a while, but now it's, it's coming back with a vengeance. But anyway, let's get stuck <laughs> in. So obviously, I want to just start this by saying I know when we're diagnosed we're not going to be able to get all the information that we need. That's not the point of this podcast. As you know, there are 42 confirmed factors that influence our blood sugar. There's 
no way really of us getting all of that information in a crash course when we're first diagnosed and it would probably be quite overwhelming too. But after 11 plus years of type 1 diabetes, I've obviously had a lot of time to think about what has benefited me a lot or what I wish I was told. So let's get stuck in. Number one is diabetes should be the reason you do something, not your excuse to avoid it. You can still do anything you want. Some things might just require additional planning. And this actually kind of ties into a part of the conversation that myself and Keith had when we were doing the hot seat for the program just today. And Keith specifically was told when he was diagnosed that he wouldn't be able to play football at the level that he wanted to play because he's massively involved in sport. He comes from a massively sporting background. And on the day that that he... Huh? Who told him that? Doctors told him on the day he was diagnosed, you're not going to be able to play. There's Olympians. I know. I know. I I know this. I know this. Yeah, I know. It's frightening. (laughs) But anyway, that's my first point. Diabetes should be the reason you do something, not your excuse to avoid it. I've probably spoken about this before on the podcast too, but I feel because I am diabetic, I kind of have like a... Uh, I've, I grit my teeth more in terms of things that I want to do. And I've plans to do more. But anyway. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out, were you diagnosed the Christmas before you went to Canada or the two Christmases before you went to Canada? Two Christmases. You would have been diagnosed a year and a half before you went to Canada for the summer. That's where we met. Yeah. Was there a part of you or a part of maybe your parents, we'll say, who considered, you considered not going or your parents being worried that you were going to go for three months across the world? Never crossed my mind not to go, but I'm sure it crossed my parents' minds plenty of times. Uh, But they had never voiced that in the way of, we don't want you to go because they knew that I was more than capable of doing it, even though I'd been diagnosed relatively recently. But again, that kind of ties into the fact that when I was diagnosed initially, my attitude towards it was just like, jump in with both feet. And I was obsessed over learning about nutrition, learning about training, learning about diabetes in general. And by the time I actually went to Canada where we met for the first time, even though I was diabetic only a year and a half, I felt as if I had it for 10 years just yeah. because I was obsessed by it, because I was just fascinated by it. And I knew that even though getting it was obviously out of my control, how I manage it is purely in my control. So you just saying there that you jumped in with both feet reminded me and loyal listeners to the Insulon podcast remember the time you jumped through a trampoline with both feet <laughs> and crawled to crawled to the house for help <laughs> that actually that actually only came up that came up in conversation recently and I can't remember how and why that came up but yeah I thought I thought I'd broken both my legs and I was like crawling crawling from underneath the trampoline like ripping grass out of the ground <laughs> heaving my my way towards the back door thinking i'm 
uh, diabetic and now have just broken both my legs. But I didn't, thankfully. That's for another that's for another day in a bit more detail. Okay. Let's yeah. keep going. Sorry, I feel I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting I feel very we're going off on tangents here. I'm I'm having fun. Good. I hope you are too, wherever you're listening from. Okay, number two. Protein and fat can and will impact your blood sugar. It is not just carbohydrate. This is very, 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 very important. And I specifically remember when I was diagnosed, it was it was made as simple as here's your insulin, count your carbohydrate. And it was like, take one unit of insulin for 10 grams of carbohydrate when you eat, and that's it. That's that's pretty much everything I everything I felt I had when I was going home. Again, I'm not saying that to talk bad about anybody at all. I'm just saying diabetes is obviously a massively complex condition, as we know. And to look at it as simple as here's your insulin, take your insulin for your carbohydrate. It's uh, it's obviously a lot more complicated than that. So I wish I had been told on my first day that protein and fat can and will absolutely impact your blood sugar, not just carbohydrate. When you left the hospital, how soon did you start doing your own research? Because obviously your knowledge is so vast right now, 11 years on. Did you realize straight away, okay, I'm not really getting the information that I need here um, from your team? Or did it take you a while to kind of click, go, yeah, let's how long, basically? Same day. Like the day yeah. I got home, I was looking it up. Yeah. And I remember <clears throat> back then I was in college for, for animation. If people don't know, I actually have a degree in animation. That's what I went, went to college for. That's what I thought I wanted to do. And I specifically remember going through college. Like I did well in college. I was never, I was never not good in college, but I specifically remember when I was diagnosed, I would be in classes and lectures and times where I should have been putting more time into certain projects. I was just researching diabetes. I was just obsessed over it. Mm. And I don't even think my parents know to the extent of, the amount of time and energy I actually put into just like learning about it. It was just like flick of a switch. I am obsessed by this thing. And I, I saw that, you know, we can look at the word obsessed oftentimes as quite a negative thing, but I look at it as, at it as like me being obsessed and still am to a certain extent by my diabetes throughout that period gave me so much freedom from it because I just, I knew a lot of what I needed to do. I was not an expert by any means, but I knew so much more than I would have. Let's put it that way. And what we always say on here, it's like the more that, and this is a fact, the more you know about you and your diabetes and diabetes in general, the easier it is to live with. Because the more you know, the easier it is. That's Mm -hmm. just the way that it is. Okay, number three, the perspective and relationship you have with your own diabetes will dictate how you live with the condition. That's kind of what we've gone through, actually, strangely enough. Having the ability to reset each day with enthusiasm is invaluable. Going to repeat that one. 
having the ability to reset each day with enthusiasm is invaluable. This actually reminds me of a quote that I spoke of today again on our group call. Can't remember who said it, Graham. If you know, please let me know. I'll probably butcher this quote as well. But it's, it goes along the lines of something like, success means going from failure to failure to failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. And in my head, that is just life with diabetes because there's going to be failure with your diabetes almost on a daily basis to some extent. It's going to piss you off. It's going to frustrate you. It's going to enrage you from time to time. But if you literally have that ability to just get up the next day with the same level of enthusiasm, despite how difficult yesterday may have been, that is success with the condition, in my opinion. It's funny you saying that you were having this conversation today. I was having a similar enough conversation today. Obviously not in the realm of diabetes, but you'll enjoy <laughs> this. So uh, in work, uh, where I work, we were having our lunch, myself and Nathan and Neve, who works at the show. We were having good crack and we were kind of laughing and joking and, you know, having a good time before we were going on air. And someone walked into the kitchen and they go, oh, Way too much fun happening here. You should be miserable in this place. God. And I go, oh, I'm sorry. I should, should I change my perspective to be negative in here from now on? For <laughs> and she goes, well, be a bit, bit better. And she kind of went, ah, and a huff. I walked out. Now, I know there was a little bit of, kind of, I know there was a little bit of kind of messing and jovial, but that person is more of a negative person. And then the conversation changed when they left between the three of us. We were like, I wonder, is it easy to switch? Because I would think that, the three of us that were sitting at the table and you will be and hopefully majority of people who listen to this podcast are, are positive people in life. And of course you have negative times, but for the majority of time for a mm -hmm. negative person, can it easily be switched? And we didn't really have an answer. The three of us just wondering, obviously it depends on person to person. But with that, if someone is kind of struggling to have an enthusiasm for their diabetes each day, I wonder how difficult is it to have that switch? Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And I don't think it's an easy thing to do. I would, no. I would highly doubt that it's an easy thing to do. But for me, because I can only speak from my own perspective, like it's difficult to be positive about your diabetes. That's just the reality of it. Mm. Like it's a hard thing to do because it's like, well, I'm living with this condition where I don't ever get a break from it. I have to inject myself daily have to finger prick if I don't have a CGM. I probably finger prick anyway if I do have a CGM. Mental fatigue, physical fatigue, emotional fatigue. Like it's a difficult thing to live with. So for us to say, highlight the benefits. Some people are probably thinking, lads, will you just shut up? Like just stop. But that's easier to say. It's easy to be negative. It requires less effort to be negative with whatever you're doing. It's difficult to be positive, but if you can learn to have that ability to kind of flick the switch around your perspective of something or your attitude towards something, that completely changes the thing itself. Like if I was massively negative about my diabetes all the time, I'm still going to live with diabetes. It doesn't change the fact that I still have to do what I have to do, but it's so much more draining on myself if I have that sort of attitude. But 
if I can look at, okay, yeah, look, I have to inject and I have to monitor the food that I'm eating, but maybe my awareness of food is heightened now. Maybe I understand food better. Maybe I'm more in tune with my body. Maybe I appreciate how to fuel my body more. Like all these types of things that you can look at. So is this kind of even answering your question or am I just going off on one again? Nope, 100%. (laughs) That even though you are saying, hey, look, reset, look at each day with enthusiasm, easier said than done. The easy thing is to kind of be in a bad mindset and the hard thing is to try and look at enthusiasm. Mm. However, not everything is easy. So sometimes the hard things are going to be more beneficial in the long run. But I do appreciate that I don't understand what it's like to have diabetes, Mm. but you do and you can Mm. appreciate that it is a hard thing to do. What I want to make very clear on this podcast as often as possible is like, I have over 11 plus years. Of course, I've had nights where I go to bed and all I want to do is not be diabetic. Or if my Dexcom is, or my CGM is like telling me I'm higher, telling me I'm low, of course, there's days where I want to just throw my phone out the window. Like that, that's the reality of living your life with diabetes from time to time. But they're a tiny, 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 tiny percentage of my life with diabetes because I've learned to live with it physically mentally and emotionally and it has become a massive positive in my life but like i'm still not going to pretend that the rest of my life with diabetes because i have a good perspective around it is going to be easy like that's that's a silly way to think of course there's going to be nights where i don't want to have it or days or moments that i don't want to have it like that's just the way that it is but when i say get up each day with that enthusiasm It's just like, okay, yesterday or last week may have been difficult, but I have no other choice but to just get up and get stuck into the same thing today and just make it better if I can. That's just the way that I look at it. Can I actually suggest something on? Now, I am fully aware that this is probably because of me sidetracking you constantly, but we are (laughs) half an hour through this episode and we're only three out of eight of the things you wish you were told when you were first diagnosed. My fear is this could go over an hour and we could lose all focus on what the eight <laughs> things were. I realise we've done three. How about we make this into a two-parter? We do the first part now and we'll do the next five next week. And at least then it could be a lot more digestible rather than an hour of me bringing you on tangents left and right. How about that? Sounds perfect. I feel if we end it... At three, that's a nice number to finish on. We'll get stuck into the other five because like you've said, Graham, we are digressing here a lot. And it's almost as if every, every point leads to a different point or a different yeah. story. So yeah, let's let's do five in the next one. So Perfect. I'll do okay. a quick outro for you folks. Have a good day. Have a good week. I hope you have benefited from this. Look forward to part two. There's much more to come in this one. Chat to you soon. Take it easy. I love you.